Welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan here to bring you another episode of Three More Questions with David Novak. How you doing, Kula? And look forward to a great discussion today. And we are going to talk about my conversation with the one and only Peyton Manning. And let me tell you something. One and only is a great way to describe Peyton Manning. You know, when I think of Peyton Manning, I think of one of my favorite cartoons when I was a kid. It was Popeye. Remember that it's old Popeye commercials? Many of you probably don't. But he would sing, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I am what I am. <laughs> okay. And, you know, that's Peyton Manning. He is who he is. He doesn't try to be anything else. He's so authentic. And people talk about authentic so much today. There's like a buzzword. But my feeling is, is that authenticity is best described as just be yourself. Because you know what? You can't be somebody else. Every time you try to be somebody else, people see you as a phony. So be yourself. And if there's one guy I know who really lives that every single day and is so true to who he is, it's Peyton Manning. I just love the guy. Absolutely. And, you know, I've never met Peyton in person, but even listening to your conversation with him, that comes through so clearly. I love how he kind of pokes fun at himself for mistakes he's made, you know, as a quarterback. He's not afraid to mess up, and he's the first to call himself out for making a mistake. I love in the episode where he talks about still holding the record for most interceptions thrown in a rookie season. You know, it's not something that he tries to hide. It's something that he owns. And what I love most about this episode is how Peyton describes taking all of those things that he learned as a football player and letting that fuel his drive to start new business ventures that have been really successful. And so our questions today and our three more questions episode are going to dive a little bit deeper into that connection between all of this that he learned as an NFL player and how that's helped him create such successful ventures today. So are you ready for our questions, David? Well, I'm hoping you throw me a few touchdown passes. Make sure you hit me right on the numbers. Right on the numbers. I always do, do I not? Sometimes you do, yes. <laughs> All right, let's dive in. Here we go. Question number one. Peyton himself asks a lot of questions. He's the first to admit that he doesn't know something, whether it was on the football field or in one of his business ventures that he's recently started. In fact, he says that if a quarterback doesn't ask a lot of questions, that's a red flag. Do you agree with that advice to ask a lot of questions when you don't know the answer? Oh, absolutely. The worst thing you can do is to fake that you know something when you really don't. You're never going to get very far with that kind of approach. And, you know, for me, asking questions was always essential part of my leadership. And there continues to be so many times when I don't really know the answer to what the question might be. One time I recall in my career where it was very important for me to really be a great listener and ask questions was when I moved from marketing to operations at the Pepsi-Cola company. I had a marketing background, but had very little experience in bottling plants and really understanding how the products were made and the functions within a bottling operation. But I went to all the people who were very experienced and knew the answers to the questions that I needed to get answers to, and they taught me the business, and we had a lot of success together because they knew what they were doing and shared their knowledge with me. 
it can be intimidating for leaders to ask questions and be willing to say that they don't know. What's your advice on how a leader should be vulnerable in positions where they might not have the experience to lean on? I found when you ask questions, it lets people know how much you need them. You're being humble and you're saying, I can't do it by myself. I need you. And nothing inspires people more than that. All right. Question number two. During Peyton and his brother Eli's Monday Night Football broadcast, Peyton seems to always stay positive. He'll reframe bad plays by the quarterback and instead focus on the positive thing the defense did. David, do you think there's a point where you can be too positive? I mean, what's the risk in that always positive approach if there is a risk? Well, I think that you got to understand the context here. Peyton is broadcasting on Monday Night Football. He's really talking about the players. He has a lot of respect for him because he knows how hard their job is. And he knows that his real job is not to be critical of everybody, but it's basically to, to teach people what he knows about the game and give people insights from a player's perspective. You know, being negative on other players does not really advance the cause. But I can tell you this, you know, I know that Peyton Manning is a leader and he knows his job is to call it like he sees it. And if he's on the field as a quarterback and people aren't performing, I guarantee you he's going to get in those people's face and he's going to tell them that they got to do a lot better because he wants to win and he knows you can't win by denying poor performance. The other thing is that I know that Peyton now as a business leader defines reality. He understands what's going on in a business by asking the right questions, and then he holds people accountable for delivering performance. The whole time, he is positive. He's positive about the good things that he sees. He's positive about the opportunities, the possibilities ahead. That's his basic persona. It is one of being positive and optimistic about where where the team can go, but He doesn't shy away from holding people accountable. And that's one thing that every leader must do. I also love how he talks about the importance of direct lines of communication. When he has something to tell somebody, he goes directly to that person. He doesn't lean on a middleman or tell somebody else to tell that person. He goes straight to the source. And I think that that's part of what makes him so effective, certainly as a quarterback, but as a business leader as well. That's one of the things that really irked me was when I would see leaders use HR professionals to go deliver a tough message that they should be delivering to their own people. I mean, I just thought that was just pathetic. You know, I thought that if you have something to say to somebody, have the guts and courage to go talk to them yourself. Don't pawn that off to somebody else. Now, HR people can be very, very helpful in reinforcing the message, but make sure that people hear it from you first. There's no need for innuendos or or David thinks this or Bill thinks this. You, you're David, you go tell him. You're Bill, you go tell him. You're Kula, you go tell him. Go tell him, Kula. I will tell him. Direct communication. That's what we're all about. All right, let's move on. Question number three. After every Monday Night Football broadcast, Peyton and Eli have a debrief where they talk about what went well and what didn't go so well. David, tell me about your after-action reviews. Is this something you've done? And if so, I'm curious about your process for that. You know, that's interesting you say after-action reviews. Mark Irwin, the CEO of Bargetown Bourbon and the former leader of Delta Force, the most elite fighting team for our country, he called it 
after action reviews. And that's what they did in the Army. They'd have a mission and they'd come in and they would figure out what worked with that mission and, and what could have been better. And, and that's exactly what Eli and, and, and Peyton are doing. And I think that's why their program gets better and better and better. I learned the importance of doing that when I visited Walmart. They had this process, what they called the correction of errors process. For every promotion that they did, after it ran, they would step back and evaluate what worked, what didn't work, what would they do next year to make that promotion even better. And that's exactly what they did. So if they had a January promotion in 2022, when it became January of 2023, they'd run the exact same promotion, except they'd put in all the improvements that would make it better. And it was one of the reasons why they got consistent growth year after year. They just kept getting better and better. So we really tried to look at our promotions, everything that we did, go through the process of really codifying what worked and what didn't work, and then disseminating that all around the world so others could learn from each other. And that's why we we really felt building know-how was just a critical component of our success. And the best way to build know-how is to learn from what you've just recently done and then share it with everybody else so they can learn from it too. And this works on an individual basis too. You know, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, Take Charge of You, with Jason Goldsmith. We wanted to help people become self-coaches, get better at their, their performance, continually learn and continually getting better. And, you know, just a sports analogy, since we're on sports and we're talking about Peyton making that tremendous transition from sports to business, I loved golfing. So when I golf, I will reflect back on the round that I just had, and I will count the number of putts that I have. I'll count the number of fairways that I hit with my driver. I'll count the number of greens I hit in regulation. And then I'll look at those facts, and then I'll say, oh, you know, I didn't hit very many fairways. I need to practice my driver more this week. And so I'll develop a practice plan basis what my last round was. But that's another way of just continually learning and giving yourself the self-coaching you need to up your game and get better. And it's important for every leader to develop a plan and a practice plan basis what they've learned about their own performance. No, that's so true, David. And I can see how doing those correction of errors processes are also so helpful on an individual basis. I mean, there's nothing more depressing than getting to the end of the year and looking back and not being confident in the progress that you made and not knowing that you've gotten a little bit better at something that year. So I love taking that after action review process from the business realm and just applying it to your life. And if you're a leader who doesn't track your own progress on an individual level, then start by doing that. You know, David's a golfer, but we're coming up, believe it or not, on the end of the year. So practice this exercise at the end of the year. What did you do well this year? What did you do not so well? And how can you get better moving into 2023? And the more you bake that routine into your individual development process, the better you're going to get, the stronger you're going to get, the smarter you're going to get, and the better leader you'll become. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you develop the confidence you need to lead well. 
Tune in Thursday for my conversation with my good friend and soon to be yours, Maritza Montiel, the former deputy CEO and vice chairman of Deloitte, one of the leading accounting and consultant firms in the world. 